Hello and welcome to part one of the annual Laps Gamer Radio sort of game of the year, but not quite game of the year, extravaganza bonanza. Uh, if you've never listened to one of these before, uh, we do things a little bit differently here to your usual game of the year show. We're not going to be counting down the top games of 2019. Uh, we're going to be counting down the top games that we played in 2019. So some of these games will be from this year, uh, some of them will not, some of them will be very old. Uh, as with previous years, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be a Laps Gamer Radio end of the year roundup if we didn't have some of the team missing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first of all, Louis not very well. Uh, he's got, well... From, from what Pustules. I saw, seeming like a, a, a combination of stomach flu and possibly tonsillitis, which sounds like the worst combination I could imagine. So uh, he won't be joining us, unfortunately. Um, we hope him a speedy recovery and less vomiting. Uh, Nick will be joining us via recording from the future. Uh, and Adam is on his way, but you know he lives in Toronto, and it is winter in yeah. Toronto. No so he is currently, yes. So he is currently making his way home on the back of an elk, as is yeah. tradition in Canada. It's the other and video be, gaming blizzard. Yeah, he will be joining us as soon as he can. Uh, but here with me at LGR Towers, around this crackling warm fire, I've got Andy and Chazzy. Hello. 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 Uh, shall we get started with a little bit of listener feedback? Because yeah. uh, yep. sent out a tweet just asking people what their fa- favourite games were this year. Well, I asked people what their favourite game was that they played this year, and nobody kept it to one game, really. Well, a few <laughs> people did. Um, so, first of all, uh, past and hopefully future guest, Mike, t- at TestTube27, uh, he said that Sekiro is still my game of the year. Uh, Outer Wilds and Fallen Order were both fantastic too. Uh, I would have, because he's such a massive Star Wars fan, I would have assumed that Fallen Order would have been his number one, but I know how much he loved Sekiro. He's been banging on at me for ages to get that game finished, and I I will get it finished at some point. Um, And uh, Outer Wilds, I thought he would have put Outer Worlds, but maybe he did actually play Outer Wilds, I don't know. Outer Wilds is fantastic anyway. But yeah, uh, those are all really good games. Um... Again, past and hopefully future guest Andy Palmer at Remalapta said, It's not perfect, but the Outer Worlds provided me with the most fun I've had with a game in a long time. Uh, I can concur with that. The Outer, uh, Outer Worlds is <laughs> utterly brilliant. Is everyone um, getting confused already? Worlds are no, worlds. No, this is worlds the worlds. Outer Worlds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, you're in I the will wild. get that. Yeah, um, out, actually, Outer Worlds and Outer Wilds are both at the top of my list for games that I will finish over the Christmas break, because uh, I haven't finished either of them, like, um, especially Outer Worlds, I thought, that, that's a perfect, I've got a few days off over yeah. Christmas, and the other half will be working, I'm going to sit in my pyjamas and eat junk food and play through the rest of the Outer Worlds. Lucky bugger. Um... My friend uh, Martin, um, also known as Degoose at the Degoose on uh, Twitter, he's uh, part of the uh, the Commuter Game Pod Destiny Clan, um, who have been playing uh, Destiny Two with a lot for the last like six months or so. Unsurprisingly, he says that Destiny Two Shadowkeep is his uh, <laughs> game of the year, and generally Destiny, uh, like over the last year. He says, it's it's improved and grown so much into a brilliant game again. Bungie properly turned it around after the messy beginnings of Destiny 2. Uh, spoiler alert, more on that later. Mm. Um, 
<laughs> again past and hopefully future guests uh good friends column at psalm 67 from the excellent last save Voted podcast uh he said it's got to be stardew valley that game is just so chilled and awesomely great and i again i, I fully concur stardew valley is an absolutely incredible game i put a horrendous amount of time into it across two platforms it's the game that i just keep going back to keep dipping into time after time just as like when i want to relax it's just a wonderful wonderful game and i still cannot quite get my head around how that entire game from top to bottom music included was made by one person it's, yeah, it's insane crazy, isn't it it's so good it's one of those games that I w- it's always comes up from sales and stuff and i think do you know, I really should pick that up because, like you say, it's such an achievement for this guy to have made it and, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I just think, nah, that's just, if I want to go to work, I'll go to work. I, I don't, yeah, I don't but wanna... you don't work as a farmer, do you? You can live no, out your fantasies of, like, you know, being self-sufficient and living off the land <laughs> and falling in love with some lovely lady from the, the, good the little village simulator. that you live in. Exactly, yeah. 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 Only maybe, without maybe Felicity Kendall. Like, sort of uh, role-play it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a good friend H at Welsh Benno uh, he says Path of Exile for me, and best of all, it costs absolutely nothing. Not felt the need to spend anything either. Played it for the first time earlier in the year, and I keep going back over and over again. It, I must have put close to 100 hours into this game across all formats. Path of Exile is a very good game. Uh, it is, it is Diablo. It's basically just I was Diablo. Say, is it Diablo? Because I keep hearing people yeah. talk about it, and then. Yeah, and, and but they never actually explain what it is. It's Diablo. Uh, that's that's that's, that's it. it basically. It's a free to play Diablo game. Um, there is a there's a lot of stuff to buy in it, but it's all cosmetic stuff. Uh, right. Like the best free to play games are, it, but it's it's a really good um, Diablo game. Uh, is this to Diablo just, as Dauntless is to Monster Hunter World? No. It's probably more complicated. Okay. Like this, do you remember the sphere grid from Final Fantasy Nine? No, Final yeah, Fantasy Ten. Yeah. Um, like imagine that, but like times a hundred, and that is the uh, that oh, is geez. your perk trees for your characters. <laughs> wow. Like it's it's insane. There's not as many characters as there are in um, Diablo Three, I don't think. Uh, but. There is just like the, 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 so much like the like the 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 scope you've got for builds in um, in that game in Path of Exile is way more than anything in Diablo Three. Like it's it's kind of an amazing feat. It's uh, I played quite a bit of it. I really enjoyed it. I, I should go back to it at some point. Um, very good game. Nice. Now, LGR alumnus Stuart Neal. As always, we asked for one game, Stuart. Um, he said, better sit down, this may take a while. Rolled out the spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, yeah, Saint Stuart, of course, at Saint Stuart on Twitter, um, he uh, has for the last year been doing his, uh, his podcast, How to Make a Game or How Not to Make a Game, uh, where he interviews developers, indie developers, uh, about the process of making games and it is a fascinating podcast absolutely essential listening if you've ever been interested in like the craft of making games um definitely go and check that out now he says (laughs) better sit down this may take a while going through the spreadsheet because of course he's got a spreadsheet um I look to have played just under 500 games this year 535 new ones and 64 old ones 
Of the new ones, 178 have been the daily at meditation games, uh, which have been a joy to play. I've also beaten 76 games so far. So, my 10 in alphabetical order are American Election, Bird of Passage, Can Androids Pray, colon, red slash blue, uh, Florence, Library of Babel, Once Upon a Crime in the West, Tetris 99, Thumper, and Yoku's Island Express. Uh, most of these, uh, to my great shame, I've never heard of. Um, yeah, no. But uh, Tetris 99, um, more on that later. Uh, Thumper is a fantastic, um, but kind of brutal rhythm game like it's yeah. just like industrial drumming and uh, it's like i can't imagine it's, playing it's a almost game a horror VR. game at points yeah but um, um yeah that game is, i've got that game on the oculus and hmm. it is insane i've only played it on the switch i don't think i could handle it in vr yeah uh, but that's kind of amazing and yoku's island express i i, I played it a few years ago and absolutely loved it and then replayed it again this year yeah, uh, I really played it again this year and loved it even more. It's just the most perfect combination between like charm and wit and beauty in mm. in like a uh, a Metroidvania crossed with pinball sort of game, and it's it's adorable and it's fun and it's challenging and it's not too long, and I absolutely love that game. So that's a good shout. Um, we're going to say my honourable mentions are Thor.n, uh, The 39 Steps, uh, Boar, Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, which is an excellent game, yep. uh, and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh, uh, one of my just favorite played, honourable mentions. Yeah, he said, I just haven't played enough of this for a full game of the year place. Oh, it God, is really good. It's one of... It's one of Platinum's best. Yeah. Like, they fully embrace like the dumbness of the Metal Gear storyline. so silly. Yeah, uh, but tied it into like that that super tight platinum, you know, um, and it's hard as you like as well. It is, but it's like, but it's so so rewarding when you pull mm. off those perfect parries and his perfect dodges, and it's just yeah, it's it's an incredible game. Yeah, uh, well worth a play. Uh, I kind of wish they'd give it like a you know slight polish and re-release it on yeah. uh, the current gen consoles, but unfortunately not. Nope. Um. That was on the list for one of my honourable mentions when I was doing my podcast. So yeah. yeah, I have a I have a very big soft spot for that game. Uh, oh, and one last one. He says a game called uh, "And One Upon Light," which again Ooh. I've never heard of. Unfortunately, I've, I'm keeping these games in a list, and I am going to check all of them out. I'm also going to check out that meditation games thing. It seems quite interesting. It's a little service that that gives you like a little game every day to play. Okay, um, seems kind of neat. Nice. But yeah, those are that's our feedback from my listeners. Um, let's check in and see where Adam is. No, he's not here yet. He's not here yet. Hopefully, he'll be with us very, very shortly. Shall we get cracking on ours then? Let's do it. All right. So, sliding in at number five, Andy, what is your number five game that you played in two thousand and nineteen? She's got a ticket to ride. Yeah, um, Ticket to Ride. You played uh, Beatles Rock Band? Beatles Rock Band, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That was on PS3, though, wasn't it? That was many moons Yeah, ago. many moons ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ticket to Ride. Um, mentioned this before. This is based on a famous board game, one of the best board games that you can get. And really good, really good game on the phone. Um, essentially, you are building railways across various maps. The main map is America. There's loads of little pack 
map packs you can get, Europe, UK, France, all sorts. Um, it is cross-platform, I believe, um, yeah. so you can play it. You get people on the PC, on the mobile. It is available on the home consoles for an extortionate price. For, um, but when that's sort of with a board game, you have to set up and find some people to play with. This one's ideal. Just play it against the AI. was very challenging. Or play it against people, you know. Um, love it. Absolutely brilliant. Play Ooh. it all. Yeah, I played this years ago on the iPad, yeah. and that's absolutely perfect for it. Um, but I'm one of these people who I'd, I'd love to play board games, but I get um, terrified of other people and <laughs> having to sit there um, <laughs> like reading the rules. I always feel like I'm doing it wrong and ruining their game. So um, like to play ticket on Ticket to Ride on an iPad, like it it just walks you through a tutorial, yeah. holds your hand. Like you say, it's got loads of different like skill levels as well. Yeah, yeah thoroughly recommend it. It's a really decent game. Oh yeah, it's a decent game, especially get loads of people <coughs> get playing against each other. Um, I think it's about five. I think it is, um, and it's just a very sedate game, but very yeah. strategic, and you you do want to win. You do want to win. Very straightforward. <laughs> Basically, you are just um, collecting cards so that you can build railways. That's it. Yeah, you're literally awesome. building lines across the country, yeah. if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's it. Chazzy. What is your number five game that you number played in two thousand and nineteen? Almost by default, um, is Void Bastards. What's um, your language? Sorry, it's no, it's Void Bastards. Not void. Beep. Void. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, pick this up on Game Pass. It was one of these games where I knew nothing about it until it popped up on Game Pass. Uh, heard a lot of buzz about it and then jumped straight in. I've got a thing at the moment for roguelikes. So this is um, a first-person shooter mixed with a roguelike, and you're, I can't really describe it. Um, you're floating through space, and you're trying to find stuff. Well, you're a... Um, you're like a, you're like a you play fugitive a, criminal, aren't you? Uh, well, you, you play like a, a series of criminals. That's it. Like, so the premise is, is like you're, there's like a big prison ship, mm. and something's gone wrong, and there are no staff. There's just a robot in charge of the it's ship. It's almost like Red Dwarf, isn't it? And, and, and the robot... <laughs> Yeah, the robot needs the prisoners to um, retrieve stuff so that the ship can be fixed and like progress through the universe. And so, yeah. you like it, the robot picks a prisoner from random, and the prisoners are stored in like dehydrated form in bags, and they're just it just <laughs> so like it's just a powder. So like you yeah. pour the powder and some water into a suit, and you like and it generates a. Um, but you'll get uh, the, a prisoner, but I you get like the, those sort of like random, random traits, like yeah, in um, uh, Rogue Legacy. Yeah. So like you'll have one where you've permanently got a tickly cough, and yes. every now and then you'll be wandering around and you'll go, <coughs> and, and it ruins your stealth. It ruins your stealth, yeah. And then everyone turns around and spots you, and you're then you have to, and you have to deal with that, and you have to go, and every run, you know, everyone says, oh yeah, Rogue Likes, everyone's different, but this one, every run is completely different from one another because of these traits you get. Mm. And I love the narrator. It's got that kind of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy narrator, yes. which is wonderful. It's just got that absurd sense of humour. Um, that beautiful art style, the kind of cel-shaded um, art style, like the character, that some of the noises that the characters make and they're awkward. Like one of them sounds like a, like a little scouse 
Uh, oh no, they're they're Scottish. I I was yeah. I thought it was guys, uh, but no, the 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 woman who did the voice of those ah, characters right, okay. was on the giant bomb couch. And they're supposed um, to be Scottish, E3. Right. They're they're basically um, Scottish child chavs. That's it. Yeah, in little tracksuits. <laughs> in little tracksuits and stuff like that. It just everything about this game is absolutely like I say, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. A little bit absurd, a little bit off the wall, and yeah, I just think it's fabulous. And uh, yeah, having to try and find your way through these space stations and making the decision to do I push further on and get more loot or do I turn back now and get back to my escape pod so I can cash in what I've got. Yeah. And there's always that risk reward. It's wonderfully like plays with the risk reward and like say inventive characters, clever premise, um, clever little like little touches like with the voices and stuff. Yeah, it's just wonderful. And that narrator, mm. like I say, is just just amazing. It is. It yeah, is got so a- much character. Yeah, uh, it's go. got a brilliant sense of humour, mm. um, it, but it's wraps around like really tight gameplay as well. That's it. Um, and uh, it, it's one that I played, oh god, hours and hours of when it first came out. And then the problem that I've had with Game Pass is that they keep releasing games that I'm interested in, yeah. uh, and I've just my hard drive for my Xbox is just full of stuff that I've downloaded and haven't touched. Uh, I'm trying to clear off like the shorter indie games off there, so I can try and make some space for some of the, the like the the larger stuff like Metro Exodus and stuff like that that's gone on there, and like yeah. finish off Gears of War. Um, but yeah, that that game is is absolutely brilliant, brilliant. and it, it is in a sea of roguelike games. It kind of stands head and shoulders above the rest in terms of just like its style, um, like saying its character, and it's just yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. It is genuinely good game mm-hmm. uh right my number five if i open my lists because i can't remember what it is right okay yeah i was hoping adam would be here to talk about this because he's played <laughs> this as well <laughs> my number five is super smash brothers ultimate um right. so this year has been the year of fighting games for me um with the help of uh our good friend conor McCurvey who's been helping me with the um, Fortnightly Fisticuff series on the YouTube channel, working through fight, th- working our way through fighting games. Um, more traditional fighting games, should we say. The ones that the fighting game community don't turn their nose up at. Um, but the game that triggered this, that made me want to get back into fighting games, was um, right at the end of last year, I picked up uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, on the Switch, which fighting game aficionados get a bit snobby about and don't they class it as not being a real fighting game which i think is pretty crappy yeah. but you know whatever they can have that opinion if they want um it's just an uh, you know it's an absolutely chock-a-block package there's like 70 characters at launch and then they've added in through the um the fighter pass like another five characters since then um and they cover the full gamut of like all like the first party um, characters that you would expect, but then like reaching all the way back to like Mr. Game and Watch uh, and stuff like that, and like Fire Emblem characters, and then adding in like Sonic and Bayonetta and Final Fantasy VII characters, and some of the stuff they've added through like the um, through the Fight Pass, they've added in Joker from um, Persona Five. Uh, the hero from um, the Dragon Quests, Terry Bogard from Final Fight. Um, who else did they added? Can't remember. It doesn't matter. There's loads of characters, a ridiculous number of characters. But then beyond that, there's just like the sheer amount of different modes there are. There's like 
two separate huge single player campaigns with like a story and just like like so many references and deep deep cuts to old video games um there's like your traditional smash mode there's the all the different couch co-op modes you can play like just one-on-one on a stage with no items all the way up to eight player smashes with battles on like moving levels with all the items and so many modifiers there's a really robust multiplayer mode like uh, online multiplayer mode um there's like a really good actually like spectator mode on there as well so you can watch live high level smash going on um as it's happening so you can like watch uh people who are better than you uh, playing with characters you're interested in seeing like oh that kind of that's an interesting technique and then go into the training room and try that stuff out yourself um there's just so much game uh, like in a in a in a, in a, a, a you know a, a genre um in, especially with the more traditional fighting games where you'll get a game with maybe 20 characters and then you've got to buy a season pass to unlock the other 20 characters some of whom in the case of like street fighter 5 and blaze Blue cross tag battle and games like that were on the, the disc already and then you have to pay extra to unlock them and you know pay a bunch of money for cosmetics and whatnot and street fight 5 putting in like advertisements for capcom tour forced adverts at the beginning of every fight and stuff like that the amount of content that is included in the base version of uh super smash brothers ultimate is kind of ridiculous yeah i mean they made Um, that game basically as if they were never going to make another one so they were just going to throw everything at the wall yeah, that's what the way you think, and then like um, the the team over there just haven't stopped. They haven't stopped working, like adding in these new characters. And people kind of dismiss Smash as being like a dumb party game, and it is like a really easy pick up and play party fighting game. You just you give me in a fight in seconds and just have fun. <clears throat> if you don't know what you're doing, you hit buttons and stuff happens. If you do know what you're doing, there's an incredible amount of depth in there as well. And the, the the developers think about that. If you ever watch like one of Nintendo's directs and then see the the stuff afterwards, where they talk about the new character that they're adding into um, to to Smash and like the the sheer level of of depth and um, d- different move sets and and just so much thought and time has gone into each of the characters that it's kind of a shame for more traditional fighting game fans to dismiss it as just being a dumb party game because it it is and it isn't um and i can kind of see why why people dismiss it like if if you're really good at a particular fighting game and you jump over to another fighting game the fundamentals are still going to be there whereas when you go from street fighter to smash everything goes out the window because there's so many variables like it's a fighter and it's a platformer and there's items and it's kind of nuts and there's nothing out there that's quite like it other companies have tried to make games like smash no one's managed to do it for that sort of game for like a fun party fighting game that anyone can pick up and play um and with a seemingly endless amount of content it yeah it's the the ultimate package of smash like it is it, it, yeah. i don't see how they could make another one no. i don't think they could cram any more stuff in that game um especially not if they're going to still bring them out on cart i don't know how they fit everything <laughs> that's in there on the cart it's nuts it's insane, yeah 
But yeah, I love it. So my number five pick for 2019 game of the year is Sunset Overdrive. Um, Sunset Overdrive is a game that I've wanted to play for a very long time. Uh, and it's thanks to some crazy good deal I got on Xbox Game Pass that's really, I've picked it up and played it. I think it was one of the first games I downloaded when I got the service, that and um, Forza Horizon 4. Um, but when I did finally play it, I literally, it was the only game I played that week. I I finished work and I went to play Sunset Overdrive. I had half an hour dinner break and I used it all playing Sunset Overdrive. It was a really, really fun game um, that doesn't feel like it tries to be too serious. It knows where it's, it lies and that is in just having the humour uh, and it feels like a very British British game. Um, it's obviously kind of blending Tony Hawk and some kind of zombie shooter like um, Dead Rising or something like that. But it does it in the fun way where I think Dead Rising was had a really good number one. I did, never played the second. But from what I saw of number three, they tried to make it a bit more gritty and more realistic and about crafting and stuff where Sunset Overdrive is just the fun. It it doesn't feel like uh, a game made for the future generations. It feels like a game that could have been made last generation. And I think that's to its, its strength and its benefit. Um, last year, my game of the year was Spider-Man, uh, which is obviously also made by Insomniac Games. And you can really see the parts of Sunset Overdrive in Spider-Man and bits of Spider-Man in Sunset Overdrive. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because they are each individual, they're each their own, but you can definitely see where Insomniac have made strides forward since um, Sunset Overdrive. But having said that, it's still an absolutely brilliant game it's available on Xbox Game Pass, and you can finish it in about 8 or 10 hours. Uh, so I think it's a really great pick for my number 5 game of the year. Okay, well we'll move on to our number 4s then. What was your number 4 game that you played in 2019? Firewatch. This oh, okay. is the single player game. Um... Uh, basically, you are walking a lot through a national park. The and <laughs> that distills it down to its absolute essence. Well, it does, isn't it? It's just like walking. Yeah. It's a walking simulator. Well, um, um, solving a mystery, and you are talking to a fellow. Not you're uh, not a park tower warden, is it? As yeah, tower it, warden. Fire yeah. yeah, fire warden. Um, which basically, you are. Due to things that happened in your life, you escape to become a fire warden, and the one person interaction you have is on the radio with another fire warden, who is at another tower, a fair distance away. And the game itself is just sets you out like a little mystery of possibly wider things happening. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a wonderful narrative. Yeah. Just. Literally from the first seconds you start that game, <coughs> it is all in service of the story. Mm. Um, that the, the the that intro is just the intro is the best, stunning, bit. Yeah. heartbreaking, and the way they make you feel that way just through 
how they present it is incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for that game. And they throw a lot of curveballs into the narrative. Um, yeah, sort of throw you down. You, you think you're going, you're going one way with the story and then it's not that at all. And, no. Uh, yeah, it's, it, no. it's very, very clever. Very, very clever. It, it is. The graphics are outstanding. It's done in the yeah. um, old, like, Olimos type of thing and yeah. um, the old... 59 Park series of posters um, art styles, so it's really beautiful stunning game, it's short it's only about 4 or 5 hours long Yeah, the, the voice acting is incredible yeah. as well I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's not one part of that game that isn't just so finely crafted yeah I mean I, towards I the end it, it does lag a bit and it does make you backtrack quite a bit to and from yeah. your tower every night, but it's not too bad, um, and the story, like I said, the narrative just keeps you captiv- captivated. You want to see what's happening next, because yeah. it sort of plays on your experiences of entertainment, and makes you think, like you said, going it's going one way, but then it it doesn't. Yeah, it, throws, yeah, it just throws you for a loop. But yeah, yeah. the. the uh, I, I did find that the the ending sort of um, drifted away a little bit for me, but yeah. as as a as an, a whole piece, it's one of the it's one of those games that I think everyone should experience because it's yeah, yeah it's, it's just wonderful, and I, I defy anyone not to get captivated by by the story and and the the sort of little day to day stories that are going on in 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 there as well, not just the main narrative. Yeah. There's so many like little bits and bobs you can pick up from, you know. They've learnt so much from the Half-Life series with environmental storytelling and, you know, you using the environment. You know, they've, they, if you actually think about the locales and stuff that you're in, there aren't actually. It's not that big an area, but they use it to such great, you know, uh, just efficiency. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, like you say, and like the Oli Moss creative direction on that is incredible. The voice acting stunning. It, it, it is just one of those games that everyone should play. Yeah, mm. totally agree. I will at some point. Oh, surprise! I'm surprised you haven't played man. it. Please. I'm so surprised because that that game is just so up your street. It's not even funny. Oh, I, I know it will be. I, I I I know it will be. I just haven't got around to it yet. Oh, um, Christmas man. I know no. you've got you know you've got your list of everything, but come on! I tell you what, we'll have to, we'll have to what we'll have to do is do an LGR, um, yeah. you know, let's play, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. All right, um, Chazzy, what is so, your number four? If you didn't want to hear any more of my voice, um, my number four <laughs> is Sunless Skies, um, a game that I've been playing on and off now for weeks and weeks and weeks, and again another. Is it roguelike exploring games, sort of Victoriana steampunk? Um, I explained this all in the last episode, I think. Um, but yeah, it's what I really want to pick out about this game that has really put it on my list is the fact that the the writing is just so incredible. I've never wanted to read a codex more than I have in this game. <laughs> Um, every time you land at a new port in your in your steam, the flying steam train, um, all I want to do is visit every shop, speak to every person, 
um, and just soak in just the wonderfully flowery Victoriana writing of like, oh, the di- there's just so much dialogue that's just so well written and like everyone's got like you could just tell the personality of the people just through the the way they're written and the quotes that they expound it's uh yeah it's wonderful absolutely wonderful and even down to uh, you have a uh, bat that you send out as a, as a scout and he comes back and sometimes they'll have a moan and go oh it's cold out there and you just everything about it just screams personality and i love it absolutely adore this game so my number four is a little a little indie game called far lone sales ah. um, that i heard a lot about on the computer game show last year uh yeah on the uh, they talked about a lot on the computer, on the computer game show i think sean in particular uh mm. really enjoyed that game and so i it finally came to consoles this year and i was lucky enough to get a code for it um played it and reviewed it, and then played it again, and then played it again, <laughs> and I'm still gonna got another couple of playthroughs that I want to do because I want to get the um, the platinum on that game. It's a it's it's a, it's kind of in the vein of a Limbo or a um, Inside sort of keep pushing to the right kind of platformer game sort of thing um once to say it's a bit almost a little bit like lovers in a in a dangerous space time that well there's there's aspects of that yeah so you're control well yeah you control a little a little character a little girl in a a red coat um but you traverse across this post-apocalyptic wasteland this dead world in a sort of land ship, this big hulking mass of metal and wood with big wheels and like a steam engine and a sail. Um, and you're just moving this thing across the land, occasionally stopping to solve some like, uh, you know, in- intricate but not like unfair um, sort of puzzles, stopping to pick up materials that you can burn to, to fuel the uh, the ship stopping occasionally after you've been through some environmental you know really terrible post-apocalyptic weather events to like repair your your craft and and put out fires there's no lines of dialogue at all um there's no other characters at all uh mm-hmm. it is one of the loneliest games i've ever played and i don't mean that in a bad way like it it needed to be it's it, it kind of soulful and truly lonely minimalist game. isn't it very minimalist yeah it's there's, almost there's like, like watching like an eastern european cartoon at times with yeah the soundtrack you know. like there's there's occasional glimpses of like like it works in its benefit because like for instance like there's a moment where you find a tower a radio tower and you go up to in order to progress you need to tune the radio to a frequency in order for the gate to open it doesn't make any logical sense but in the game the gameplay thing it kind of does because you tune it in and then there's like a radio nearby that starts playing some music and you can pick the radio up and put it on your your landcraft and you carry on for a while and you've got like some music playing for a short while and it just gives you this sort of reprieve from the the desolation and the loneliness of the game and then after a while you travel a little bit further away and the radio signal fizzles out and then you're just left with just the creaking and rumbling of the landship and it's it's not a particularly long game. One of the um, achievements is for finishing the game in less than uh, less than ninety nine minutes, which is absolutely doable. Um, but it's it's just such a 
beautiful, touching game. Like, I've played lots of narrative games, lots of walking simulators, um, if, if you want to call them that, uh, that have, like, left me really quite emotional and left me thinking. Um, this game did that without saying a single word. Um, it's kind of a uh, it, it, it's a phenomenal achievement. It's 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 an incredible game. Mm-hmm. It's been on PC for a while. It's on uh, it's been and it came out on PS4 and Xbox earlier this year. It's now on the Switch as well. It doesn't cost much. Uh, it doesn't take long to to play. It's not a complicated game. Um, it but it's one that I'd say anyone should play. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's wonderful. Love it. Literally, the guy, uh, guy at work randomly picked it up on his Mac and uh, he played it through in like kind of two lunch times. Yeah. Um, and I was just watching over his shoulder and it was, yeah, it was just like, even that, even just watching over his shoulder, it was just, <clears throat> yeah, really affecting and just a really lovely experience. Yeah. So yeah, I can see how like when, once you get really seriously invested in it, it's, yeah, it could just take you over for a while. <laughs> So my number four game of the year 2019 is Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion I'm not going to be the only person who puts this on their list. Um, So I won't go on too much about it because there's someone who's even more Destiny mad than I am. But suffice to say that Destiny 2 Shadowkeep was yet another improvement on Destiny 2. I mean, Destiny 2, when it came out, it was was alright. There wasn't really an endgame. Um... The campaign itself was okay, it wasn't anything special, it was nowhere near sort of the Halo heritage that Bungie has, but it was, it was pretty good. And then the two expansions after that were kind of very meh, and then we had last year we had Forsaken, which was incredible, it was a reimagining of what Destiny 2 can be. And I think Shadowkeep once again improves on that, so it, it it's really... It really shows that Bungie are going in absolutely the right direction uh, with Destiny. And I'm not sure where they're going to go after this, to be honest. I mean, it was brilliant with Shadowkeep playing on the moon again. Uh, Anyone who's played the original Destiny, or at least year one of Destiny, knows the moon and and everything. They they added a whole extra section, though, so... Although a lot of people criticised Bungie for saying, oh, you're just reusing the maps and just going back to Destiny 1. There was a lot new, um, and obviously the whole campaign was brand new. The story was new. It, it it was really good, and I can only see Destiny going from strength to strength with what where we now sort of run into what is potentially going to be the last year full year of Destiny. Um Obviously, no one really knows, apart from Bungie knows, what's coming for Destiny 2. Um, But if the next few seasons are anything like Shadowkeep and Forsaken have been, uh, it's going to be a very exciting time in the Destiny world uh, as we probably lead up to Destiny 3 and whatever that will bring. So, yeah, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep is my number four. He said car. he just got home and he was like, Ooh. give me five minutes. That would have been genius. What we should do is just do like weather reports, like eye in the sky. You know. And Adam is currently sitting on a, you know, Santa's sleigh. 
Who's that at the door? Hello, hello. It's hey, Santa. Santa. Time doing? to call this. Well, you know, Mother Nature doesn't know that it's game of the year, unfortunately. <laughs> and she decided to shit all over Canada today. And, uh, yeah. I hope fa- I hope listeners of the show appreciate the effort some of us go to to get here. You know, some of us have kids we have to put to bed, all this stuff, and some of us have to trudge through snow. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, where are we up to with this? Uh, well, we've done our fives and our fours, so you're going to have to do your five and your four, and then we'll go into our threes. Okay. So, Adam, what is your number five game that you played in 2019? So my number five game, and because it's been so long since I've been on the show, I can't remember if I even talked about this one, so it might come as a surprise to some people, is a game called Rumble Stars. I don't even know if any of you have heard of it. Never heard of it. So Rumble Stars is a... I think it's actually made by the developers of Clash Royale. I'm just going to check, actually. And it is a... I guess you would call it... It's like Clash Royale. So whatever you call that type of game, where you've got the cards at the bottom and the meters, and you're kind of throwing enemies onto a field... But the difference is the field is a football pitch. And you're trying to score its uh, first to three goals. And the interesting thing is each of the different character types is uh, an animal. And they all have different abilities. So where it gets interesting is you have a goalkeeper who's a... I think he's a lion. But then all these other animals you have, you have like a panda. And his attribute is he's lazy, but he'll always shoot. You have a dog who's really good at like keeping possession, so he'll keep possession. You have a raccoon that's really good at dribbling. And then you have the more zany stuff like a cannon. That's sort of, I think, I don't know what animal that's supposed to be, actually. But <laughs> that will shoot stuff. You have like a fireball that you can launch stuff. You have a crocodile that will only attack over enemies. You have a frog that kind of uses his tongue to whip the ball around and spin it and try to score. And it's... Just a super. I don't normally stick with mobile games, but Rumble Stars is one that I've stuck with like all year through. Played it, not put any money in. It's one of them where um, you get chests as you win games and you unlock them. So like, it takes like three hours to open a chest, and then you click on it and you get gold that you can use to buy more animals. You also get animals, and then you kind of feed the animals to each card to itself to kind of upgrade them, and it's just amazing and. My love of like football games, there aren't that many good football games on phones. They tend to just out, they either tend to be weird flicky kick ones where you're just flicking a ball into the goal, or they just outright, the tap controls just don't work. Um, mm-hmm. This is one, it's like a good approximation of um, football and kind of, it's just really fun. You play through different pitches and stuff, and it's super competitive. You always winning games no matter where you are there's uh, clans and stuff where you can trade to try and get um, more points and stuff and different cards and then they do like challenge weeks where you have to use specific players um, to score goals so it's definitely worth it if you like Clash Royale style games it's worth it or if you've played that Gears um, whatever it's called the Gears Pop one Gears Pop yeah, yeah. it's very similar to that 
but with a football veneer and it's just brilliant and like I think this out of all the years we've been doing this might be the first time I have a mobile game this high and I've been yeah. umming and yeah. ahhing all week like I've got some cracking games placed 10 to 5 and I was like is this really better than them and then it's like yeah it definitely is let's try it out everyone that's my number 5 I've just downloaded it good man <laughs> Okay, um, Adam, what's your number four? Number four, this is one that won't come as a surprise considering how much I loved the last iteration of this game that came out. Uh, I love Resident Evil 7. I also really love the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, Was never a huge fan of the old Resident Evil games. Always found them frustrating, too slow. Loading times were terrible. Um, I guess I was a little bit younger then and like I didn't appreciate the blocky like PlayStation type graphics because I was always into... I was a Nintendo kid back then, so the N64 with its brighter, more vibrant games is more interesting. But ever since pretty much the remakes, I started to get into Resident Evil slowly. And then Resident Evil 7, absolutely adored that. That was super high on my list of the year that came out. And then Resident Evil 2 is a fantastic... I wouldn't just call it a remake. I'd call it like a remaster or reimagining because there's enough they change about it. Uh, both graphically, they got rid of the tank controls. There's the odd surprise in there if you're familiar with the older game. And then they've made some great quality of life enhancements. So there are auto saves. You're not completely reliant on the typewriters anymore. You don't collect ribbons for the typewriters, I don't think, anymore. You just go to a typewriter and save as much as you want. Um, and then they also did a really good thing of making... And a few games have done this this year. I know uh, Star Wars... Jedi Fallen Order's done this. Just having... This is the sort of game. It's a very conta- uh, compact environment, but you can still get lost if you don't know where you're going or where you can go. You can waste time thinking, oh, I don't think I've been to that room yet. You get there and realise it's a locked door that you've already done. So the map is really good at showing you like red rooms where you can't go. Uh, you can like hover over the doors and it will tell you, oh, this needs a diamond key. Uh, this has a chain on it. You need um, some wire cutters to cut this open. And it's just really good, and it's one of those play in the dark with the headphones on. The environment is just incredible. Um, if you play it on PC as well, I heard there's a, th- a first-person mod. I played it on Oof. Xbox, but like that super appeals to me just because of how good Resident Evil 7 was. Um, so I'm hoping yeah. maybe there's been talk that that officially might become a actual update to the game and I'd be all over playing like I only played through as um, Leon so I'd be all through going back through as uh, Claire but doing it in first person mode it's a brilliant game it's been going we're recording shortly after Black Friday so it's, it went cheap went cheap by, prior to Black Friday in a lot of places for like $30 Ooh. off and stuff so I definitely recommend uh, pick again brilliant game so atmospheric if you love your horror games Resident Evil 2 even if you played it back in the day still well worth it went to the preview for that and um, was gonna had a 30 minute session booked in sat down and within three minutes I was like nope no nope, <laughs> no can't yeah. deal with this bye I am not touching it I played yeah. the original back in the day when I was younger and braver oh yeah um, that's it I don't know what's but, happened to me since I've gotten older but my tolerance for that has massively mm. dipped yeah. It's too spooky for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, too gory. No, it's too gory for me. Looking forward but to it. Yeah. You have to play both parts, though, Claire and Chris. Yeah, to get the yeah. full story and to see everything. And, yeah, you need to play both parts. So I watched through um, the Giant Bomb East team, uh, Abby playing through it. and It looks really good. 
Uh, it looks like graphically absolutely stunning. Yeah. Huge quality of life changes. Uh, but I am just too much of a coward to play <laughs> any sort of survival horror game these days. So uh, I'll give that one a, a, a wide berth. Yeah, and I totally um, get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. But no. if you're a fan of horror games or horror action, whatever, then... Now, if those cowards want to give the same treatment to Dino Crisis, then I'm on board. Oh, yes, we need to. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. I think we might do, because Comcom suggests something that we're going to do some surprise franchises. Yeah, and they've been making a ton of money recently off revitalizing everything under the sun, right? Mm. I mean, we did Onimusha Warlords. That came out with PS4 and Xbox. Xbox, I think, is even on Switch as well, actually. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll get one. Yeah. All right. Let's let's round this half of the, the game of the year show out then. Uh, Andy, what is your number three game of two thousand and nineteen, or that you played in two thousand nineteen? Um, yes, it is a way out from the creator of Brothers: Tale of Two Sons. Mm. So, Brothers: Tales of Two Sons was an amazing game. Um, yes, it was. Essentially, you were controlling two characters. That one joypad but the story was amazing a way out um i think it was one of the director's dreams to do this type of game and it's basically um, a prison escape and finding out who framed you and um type of story very basic um engaging but very basic in terms of story a bit like prison break Essentially, but yeah. without the. Um, it's seen from two different perspectives because it yeah. can only be played in co op, yeah? Yeah, it can only be played in co op. The best the good thing about that, though, is you only, you only need one copy of the game. Yeah. Um, so if you have a copy of the game and you invite a friend, they can just instantly jump in, but you do need two people to play with this. Um, in terms of star, the, probably the best bits in the prison. Um, while you're doing one thing, so for example, there was one scene in this prison hospital where you're trying to sneak around, avoid the nurse, and the other person's distracting the nurse. Um, so it's just little things like that that are really good touches. I mean, it wasn't that big a hit, I think, for them as brothers, but there's little touches like that throughout the game and was seen have- running. Um, uh, in two different paths and all that, and to avoid yeah, it's like things, things like different decisions someone else can, the other player yeah. can make, will affect how you get through parts of your story and vice versa. Yeah. And the, the other thing with this as well is I've watched so many streams of this now. I've probably seen about <laughs> four different playthroughs of different streamers playing it together, and it's never not entertaining. No, but. That is the one thing with this game that I would say lets it down is that because you can't, it's more entertaining watching both players, and um, whereas you, because you're coming to it from one perspective, um, it's not quite as not quite as fun or in, engaging. But um, yeah, there's a lot lots of. Um, reasons to like mess about with the other player and uh, set them up and troll them and stuff yeah so, yeah it's, like i said i've thoroughly enjoyed watching playthroughs of it uh, but i can see how actually playing it yourself might be quite frustrating yeah at times when you're having to do redo the same level if um for example when you fail to do something um or not quick enough 
then you'll you have to go back to the checkpoint and redo it. But um, the characters themselves are very familiar. You know, one's a geezer. You know, yeah, it's very tropey. Yeah, it's couple. It is tropey, very tropey. But it is a lot of fun. Um, it's worth a, a playthrough at least once. So it's quite um, very difficult to find in uh, physical. So digital yeah. would be the way to go. But yeah, a lot of fun. A way out. Yes, yeah, one I wouldn't mind playing at some point when it when the price is attractive enough. Um, I heard less than complimentary things about the storyline, um, yeah. which was like the big draw for me in Brothers, which is odd considering there's no discernible like dialogue at all in that game. But you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I do want to play it through with my other half at some point, but what, once it drops to a price where I'm just like, you know, I can't really say no, mm. then I'll definitely pick it up. But uh, uh, Chazzy, me, what's right. your number three? My number three is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, now I know I've complained a lot on here about it being Hogwarts, but the more I'm playing it, the more I am absolutely adoring my team. And my characters and my students and yeah i'm just the the, the the anime bs i'm now is now becoming more of a comfortable coat uh, like a comfortable <laughs> jumper to wear and um i'm now getting more and more into the battle systems and 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 training and and the minutiae and um it's everything i love about fire emblem mm. yeah it's it's wonderful um like i say the, the battle system is I wouldn't say it's the most challenging, but I, I don't really, I'm not really looking for that at the moment, but I've got the opportunity to obviously knock that up to a higher difficulty if I want to. But um, yeah, it's it's everything I love about Awakening, but with Oodle's more um, uh, story and scope. So uh, yeah, it's, it, like I say, Awake, I think Fire Emblem Awakening is probably a better game, but this is scratching that itch that... I, I've wanted for, um, from a strategy RPG for a while, and uh, yeah, I just I I absolutely adore it, and it is one of the I can't wait to eventually finish it and then start again with another house, um, and seeing all those different personalities and how you make those fit and what their story is and how they interact with um, everything that goes on. So yeah, this is one of those games that I'm probably going to be still playing like eight years from now, but. Uh, and still getting something out of like the the whole pack. It's the whole package of this is is insane. So uh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait to get back to it. It's one of those games where I come home and desperately want to play it and then can't for whatever reason. And um, yeah, it's it's going to have to quickly like start coming on my commute on on the train to move with me uh, when I'm going in for Christmas and that kind of stuff. So mm. I'm really get some serious like get my teeth into it with some serious time so yeah brilliant game and uh, yeah highly recommended if you're into your rpgs yeah i really really want to play this i bought it for my other half for her birthday uh and the idea is once she'd finished it she was gonna lend it to me <laughs> uh so i could play it she has finished it one and that well she's played through one and a half times maybe two times now she's sunk like the better part 200 hours into that game already yeah um but 
and then, and has since moved on to other games. And I keep been saying, "Can I borrow Fire Emblem?" She's like, "No, because <laughs> I, you know, I, I might, I might want to play it." That's <laughs> so it. She's jealously holding on to it. Well, it's, it's partly that, and also she says that I, I'm not allowed to borrow it until I finished uh, Fire Emblem Birthright. So <laughs> should probably um, crack out the old 2DS and get that one finished first, and then and then plead for uh, to borrow her copy of that but uh, yeah, that game looks it looks yeah. fantastic and i love me some fire emblem uh, i played god knows how long of um the uh, the one on the phone uh, and i'm really enjoying birthright but i just want that new shiny one yeah uh, so I'll, I'll play it at some point but yeah <laughs> but okay. uh adam okay um what's your number three so carrying on the theme of uh, mansions it would seem uh, my number three is a recent <laughs> release, Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, nice. Luigi's Mansion on the GameCube is probably, I would say, my top ten games of all time. Um, and it, in part, it's kind of a nostalgia thing. The GameCube was the first... I worked at WH Smiths at the time. It was the first console I bought with my like 100% own disposable income. Like There was no saving up like Christmas money or any of that stuff or getting it as a Christmas gift. Um, so Luigi's Mansion was like a... And that meant by design as well, like I had less games in some respects because it was at launch. I just bought the console, so I did have less money because I was only working part-time. And I just loved Luigi's Mansion. Just the animation and stuff, the lighting. Even to this day, it still holds up super well. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 2 or like Dark Moon on the 3DS was okay. Um, not a great game, but Luigi's Mansion 3 feels like almost as if the first Luigi's Mansion was a prototype and this is them finally realising what they wanted to deliver with that experience. Like, it's not... I don't think it's exaggerating too much to say it's almost like Pixar-esque like in some of mm. Luigi's like facial expressions when he's carrying around the mansion... Um, some of the animation and stuff, the lighting again looks brilliant. All the ghost effects looks brilliant. Uh, Guigi, who's kind of your assistant that can kind of come out of the Poltergust vacuum and can kind of like slide through pipes and stuff and go through metal. Professor, senses. it's so cool. Egad. Professor Egad is a yeah. funny character. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and this is just this is like the realization of everything. Like a better Luigi's Mansion could be. They've got done away with Dark Moon had this thing where you were like hopping from it was set in a valley or something and you were hopping from mansion to mansion. Instead, this time you're in like a hotel. So each floor is uh, themed around a different theme. So there's been one, there was one which was like a kind of like a shopping mall, a miniature shopping mall, and you're trying to get into each of the shops to solve puzzles. Uh, there's a really good floor that's kind of set on a movie set, and you're. You have to, there's a conceit to get something from one movie set to another, but you can't carry items through doors. And there's just a super clever, um, like, order of doing things. There's a overgrown, like, forest level with a massive tree. Um, and it's just super inventive. The bosses are really funny again and witty. And, uh, like, each one has full of character and stuff. Uh, the newer... It's one of those games as well, as much as people love games where there's a sense of progression, like item unlocks and stuff, as you go through, this is almost Breath of the Wild-esque, as in you basically have all your abilities from the start with a couple of exceptions, but then you don't, it's not like there's much to go 
back for and it's just it quickly builds them so within a couple of hours of playing the game you've got your move set and you got everything on lock and everything's working fine and it's just really good they replace the game boy horror with a virtual boy that rings and you that's how professor egad talks to you the luigi's mansion theme is in there in a variety of different like remixed ways it's just so so good and it sound it feels so sorry from like everything I've heard like you say and like in other reviews and stuff. It just sounds like they took um, Luigi's Mansion Two or Dark Moon in the states and then just just absolutely just found every single piece of that that worked yeah brilliantly yeah and kept it and then found another thousand things that for sure w- worked just as brilliantly to add to it and it's kind of a little bit like um, a bit like Mario Odyssey and Galaxy are kind of like you get to grips with one idea or a conceit of an area and before you know it, you're moving on to the next area. It's just like, yeah, it's just yeah, this you ditch huge, and move on. huge toy box of ideas that are each as fantastic as the next. Never outstay their welcome. Um, and then, yeah, like you're saying, they took Dark Moon, some of those, from what I remember, some of those mansions you went to, they went on a little bit too long. They repeated the same things yeah. too often, but this just doesn't do that. It's like relentless all the way through, just new thing after new thing. Each level is so unique. It's just a brilliant game. And it's not one... I expected everything the coverage showed in pre-release. It didn't look like there was much to it. It It's just like, oh, okay, it's another one. And this theme... Yeah, you go screen to screen. Yeah, and and it's like, oh, and this themed rooms. But something... It's just pure magic. Something about it It is brilliant. Everyone should buy it so that they make another Luigi's Mansion in another five years' time. (laughs) Uh, Just for me alone. I mean, if you like me... If you like listening to me, please buy it so they make another one. <laughs> so my third game of the year for 2019 is Link's Awakening on the Switch. Now, I'm a big Zelda fan. Um, I wasn't... Last year, I said that my most disappointing game of the year was Breath of the Wild, which I know shocked quite a few people and people have quite strong opinions on that one which I stand by mine um, but I prefer Zeldas that are more uh, dungeon-y and where you get the se- you- secrets and unlocking uh, secrets and not necessarily Zeldas that are uh, the open world ones and the 3D ones so my favourite Zelda of all time is uh, A Link to the Past, um, which is also the first Zelda I think I played. But Link's Awakening uh, is probably my second or third. And this new imagining is probably going to replace it on my list of Zeldas in in that it's the same game with some additions, but the additions that have been made and the new graphics that have brought it up to date, it's just so beautiful. It's It's like plasticine stop motion models that are sort of in this work top down world um it's it's an absolute beautiful game um and it it's definitely if you have a switch i think it's an essential purchase uh it's it's definitely the game on the switch that i've probably enjoyed playing the most this year uh and i've played quite a few games on the switch this year I think this is actually the only Switch game in my top five. Uh, and the amount that I play on the Switch probably tells you how good this 
this particular game is uh, or how much joy I found out of it anyway. Uh, there's not really a lot more to say, to be honest. If you if you enjoy top-down Zeldas, uh, then this is probably one of the best. Uh, I think it could only be beaten if they did a remaster of Link to the Past, which you never know. I mean, they've now got the engine and they've, they've built this game, so if they could expand on that, that'd be brilliant. But... Uh, it's it's just a real joy to play through any top-down Zelda game. There's some nostalgic charm about it um, that it feeds really well into. Um, and revisiting this was just a really, really nice way of uh, filling the gap, I suppose, between mainline Zeldas uh, with, of course, Breath of the Wild 2 or another Breath of the Wild that might be more like the Majora's Mask to Ocarina of Time coming next year, apparently. So if if they're going to go down the route of sort of filling us in with little games, this was by far and away, for me at least, much better than Breath of the Wild. Uh, and it played more into what I really, really enjoy from a Zelda game. Uh, and it's nice to be able to put a Zelda game on my Game of the Year's list again. Okay, uh, so my number three, I'm not going to say too much about this because somebody else has it slightly higher on the list than me, um, is Apex Legends. This game kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Respawn said they've got a new game. Uh, they got some some uh, people from various outlets to go and look at the game and then say nothing about it. And then they announced the game and then they released it like two days later i think or maybe like yeah. the next day i mean that is one of the most ballsy launches of a game yeah ever see like the makers of titanfall which for or titanfall yeah titanfall title 2 and titanfall 2 is for me the gold standard of multiplayer first person shooters on the current gen consoles nothing has come close to it uh for like pvp multiplayer um no cod has has ever come close to it uh plenty of other shooters have tried to copy it uh, or take elements from it nothing feels as good nothing feels as tight and as fast-paced and frantic and they took that that feel they took away the sort of you know the wall running and the tight mechanics but they added in some other bits and pieces and they made it into a character based battle royale game with so many quality of life improvements over all the other Battle Royale games that were out there at the time, all of which have been playing, trying to play catch-up since then, um, making it so, uh, apart from, you know, like, occasional special events, you're always in a team of three people, but then adding in all these tools to be able to communicate with your teammates without having to use a mic, because no one wants to chat on a mic with strangers. <laughs> like, being able to ping stuff like contextual pinging um the way that your characters will call out when stuff is happening so you and your teammates can figure out that like oh you're being you're taking fire from a particular direction or you've come up against a squad but there is another squad like involved in this firefight as well because sometimes you get confusing and you don't know whether you've just wiped mopped up a squad or you've killed like one person from one team or one person from another team um the uh, Basically, everything that they managed, that they crammed into this game is like everything that I wanted in a battle royale game, but was sadly missing from 
from uh, PUBG and from Fortnite and from um, Call of Duty, like uh, Blops 4, uh, the Battle Royale mode, whatever the hell that was called. Um, to the point where I have not touched any of those games since Apex Legends came out. Uh, played a horrendous amount of it uh, early this year. I've fallen off a little bit recently because of Destiny, but I still dip in from time to time just to check out and it's just it's just so easy to get into a match um the matches don't last a horrendous amount of time like PUBG matches could it's fast it's frantic it's fun the characters are all distinct uh and they made a few mistakes along the way with some of like the business side stuff with their battle passes but in terms of like the actual gameplay it's been just home run after home run and yeah i, I uh can't wait to see where that game goes from here but i won't say any more about that because it may be coming up in the next episode yeah. speaking of which let's wrap this up um that's been our five through three of our top five of our top 10 games that we played in 2019 uh join us in the next episode and we will cover our honorable let our honourable mentions, our number twos, and our number ones. So, uh, yeah, until uh, next episode, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. So long. Bye.